Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. I'm your host, Victor Pierantoni, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing how to find your purpose. So a big thing that gets thrown around in the personal development journey for each individual is this idea of finding your life purpose. Now, a lot of people, especially when they're getting into personal growth and self-development, are really and truly looking for this sense of purpose because essentially what they're asking for is for whatever it is that they're doing to feel valuable, to feel like it is a good use of their time, and to feel like they are creating something that is meaningful to themselves. Now, purpose is not something that you can go out and find because your purpose is not lost. It's not hidden. It's not out there for you to be searching for. The idea of purpose is actually simply feeling that whatever it is that you're doing is meaningful to you. Now, that can mean a variety of different things at different stages in your life. So your life purpose is always evolving and shifting. A lot of the time, we have this romantic idea that it needs to be this one thing that is that we are destined to do, and it's going to change everything, and it's going to, you know, make the whole world a better place. And it very well might be that, but at the same time, your purpose in life can be different at different points in your life. One thing that I always like to use to remind myself of this is actually something that Marcus Aurelius said, where he said that your only job is to be a good human. Now, what exactly does it mean to be a good human? What it means is to align with your human nature. So as a human being, we are social animals that we are made to be together that we thrive as groups. We thrive as being able to cooperate and to use tools together in order to create a better reality for ourselves. So when it comes to purpose, I like to go back to this very fundamental thing that Marcus Aurelius said, which is to be a good human. The reason being is because if you're just being a good human, you're being helpful, then you are being useful to those around you. Now, it doesn't really stop there because we don't want to make our lives simply about being useful and helpful to others. But if we're in doubt, one of the things that will get us out of our heads, get us out of our shells and actually give us a sense of purpose is helping others. If we don't know exactly what it is that we want to do in that moment, a nice default is to actually go and help someone else who is in need, help someone else who is maybe doing something that you believe in. So this could be a good place to start. And typically the way that people normally approach this is through their careers, right? They'll go and they'll do something that they have some interest in. They'll go and do something that maybe they feel is important in the world. And so this is one way to get into a sense of purpose. But we want to remember that if we start to fall if we start to be seduced by this idea of finding your purpose or that we need to discover our purpose or go and look under a rock and find it, as Marcus, as Mark Manson said in his video on finding purpose, then we're going to ultimately get lost and we're going to consistently be measuring the reality against this idea of our idealized purpose or this thing that is just perfect that's going to fix all of our problems in life. So what we want to think about here is that purpose, again, is something that changes moment to moment through the different stages of your life. So when you were a baby, your purpose was to eat, sleep, and be cute. That's it. Like that's all you had to do. However, as you get older and then you go to school, maybe you're in kindergarten and now your purpose is to find friends and have fun, right? That's all the purpose is. And it's not much more complicated than that. But then again, as we get older, right in high school, everybody starts to play the popularity game. And then your purpose becomes to have the most status and to be really cool and to be accepted by the groups of people that you resonate with. And then as you get older, again, you go into college. Now your purpose is to find a major that aligns with you so that you can go out and get a good job. And then once you have that job, then your purpose becomes, okay, I want to make more money. But then eventually... 
that gets it that hits its limit and then you the the amount of money that you're making is no longer equating to the amount of fulfillment that you're getting you start asking yourself the question is this all there is so then the purpose becomes becomes let me find something fulfilling and this is the part that most of us land on when we're asking that question what is my purpose we're looking for the thing that is going to actually fulfill us that is going to feel like our time is being used in a meaningful and valuable way and so that we have something that we can be proud of something that we can look back on and say i did that i helped those people i accomplished that goal and that is the thing that ultimately gives us purpose or at least that sense of purpose so it's important to realize that you can have multiple different purposes at once in different contexts of your life so this is important to discuss what are the different contexts of life and how can you have a sense of purpose in each one? A lot of the time, what we try to do is try to have some big overarching purpose that is going to consume our entire lives. And that might sound like an awesome thing in a movie. That might sound like an awesome thing when you are following your favorite influencer. But the reality is that human beings, we have complex lives and we have different containers or categories of life that are all important to us in their own way. So here are the categories of life or the different contexts of life in which we operate in. And each one of these can have their own sense of purpose. So the six categories of our lives in which we could have purpose in or different purposes in are the following. The first one being career. Now this is the most common one, at least that we think of in North America as the thing that is gonna give us a sense of purpose, right? A lot of the time we orient it around our career or our success. Now that's one category, but this is the one that most of us get hung up on, right? We want that job that is gonna fulfill us and make us happy every single day. We wanna start that business that allows us to feel free, that allows us to make the money that we want. So career is one category. The next category are, is our intimate relationship. So this is the relationship that we have with a significant other, and this has its own sense of purpose. Then we have our family and friends or our interpersonal relationships. So this is an entirely different category in which our purpose there is vastly different than probably what it is in career for most people. The next one would be our health and fitness. So there is a different purpose in this category of life. The next we could call your spirituality or your belief in a higher power or your faith, right? There's a different purpose here. And lastly, we have our personal growth and development slash lifestyle. Now, personal growth and development and lifestyle, I like to put together because this is essentially what somebody, this is the category of life of how somebody runs their life so that they feel fulfilled on a daily basis. Now, all of these different categories can have different purposes, or sometimes you can have a purpose that is cross-contextual through all of them or that serves all of them. Ideally, when we're looking for purpose or we want to understand what that is for us, it's important that it's cross-contextual. Now, it's not always going to be that way, but a lot of the time you'd want your purpose in career to support your purpose in other categories or your purpose in health to support your purpose in other categories. Oftentimes where we might have a problem is when they're conflicting. So let's say, for example, you have a purpose to have a beautiful family and a beautiful relationship with your significant other. And your purpose in career is to be the absolute best, right? You want to be the best at this one industry. Now, now sometimes what that may require because of how competitive business can be is that a person is working 90 hours or they're, you know, traveling all the time. They're never seeing the people that they love. So suddenly these two purposes are at odds with one another. So what we want to make sure of is that whatever you decide your purposes in each one of these categories actually promotes and supports the purposes in other categories. 
Now, one thing that we can do to essentially find this within ourselves is the first place that you can look is what do you enjoy doing? What do you love doing? Now, there is a, a great model. It's a Japanese model. It's called Ikigai. Now, Ikigai is Japanese for one's reason for being or one's purpose in life. And it is the intersection. It's a Venn diagram. And it is the intersection of what you love, what you're good at, what you can be paid for, and what the world needs. Now, when people look at this Venn diagram, I know I, I had this experience the first time I did, but when we look at this Venn diagram, we go, okay, what is in the middle of all of these, all of these circles? Let me find that right now. That's not how it works, right? It, anytime you, you think you're going to find something that is directly in the middle, unless you're already doing it, it can be very difficult to find something that satisfies all of that. It can overwhelm our minds when we try to think of it in that way. So one thing that is really helpful is to to think about, well, where should I start? Let me start with one of those things. Now, in my experience, there is there are a few places that we can start, but there is one that is more ideal than the others. Now, if we start, let's say we're career-oriented and we start with what can I get paid for, then the problem with what, I, what can I get paid for is that you might go for the job that makes you the most money or that has the most opportunity for growth, but it might not be something that is actually satisfying to you. It might not be something that you go home every night and think to yourself, I did something good. I did something meaningful for myself. So that might not be the best place to start right? And sometimes you can choose that and it can end up being something that you love, but that's a different story. The other thing is some people might ask, well, what does the world need? Now, if we start here, oftentimes what's going to happen is people are going to stop thinking about the money that they need to live or the money that they want to make and maybe go and do something more charitable or more altruistic, which there's nothing wrong with that. Doing things that are charitable and altruistic is a great thing. And if we start there, that can also become overwhelming because what we start to do is we start to hyperfixate on all of the problems of the world. So we actually end up creating a different perspective of the world that's not so positive. Instead, we're creating a negative perspective because we're actually looking for problems. We're looking for who's disenfranchised or we're looking for who's being oppressed and thinking to ourselves, okay, like I need to help them and drop everything. So again, these are all great causes. And what's really important to understand is that if we start there, it, we can often become overwhelmed and start experiencing a sense of collective guilt, right? Thinking to ourselves that the world is falling apart and all these things. So that's something that can happen if we look at that, because there's 8 billion people in this world. There are all kinds of things that people need. The other place that we might think to start is what am I good at? Now, if you think to yourself, what am I good at? This could just be a skill that comes naturally to you. Now, what you're good at might be something that you also enjoy, but there are people in this world who are really good at certain things, but they don't want to be doing them, right? A good example of this can be somebody who's been an athlete from when they're really, really little because their parents put them in that sport. If that person is really good at this sport, but they actually don't like doing it, they're just so immersed in the environment that they've built a tremendous amount of skill, then they're not actually doing that thing because they want to do it or because it's the best thing for them. They're doing it because it is a response to getting approval from others. So the other place that we can start is we can start with what do I love? Now, what do I love can be a longer road when it comes to finding a sense of purpose or to really living one's purpose and living one's values. But we start with what I love. And the reason being is because if you start with what do I love, then we're thinking to ourselves, what can I actually sit there and do forever? What can I do long term? What can I you know, keep going and completely forget about the concept of time while I'm doing it? 
So if we start there, then eventually when we spend a lot of time doing something, we start to build up a skill set. So then it becomes something that we're also good at. Now, the intersection of those things becomes a passion, becomes something that we're really, really excited about. Now, if we continue on that track and we be, we're not just, it's not just something that we love, but we're also really good at it. What we can start finding are opportunities where somebody might actually also need something of, of, of what we're doing, right? So it can start to intersect with what the world needs. It, you know, we can start finding needs because as we become good at things, there might be other people who are trying to get good at that same thing, or there might be other people who might be served by whatever it is that we're doing there. And then we start to find different needs in the market. And then as we find those needs in the market, eventually we can be paid for it because we can provide solutions for people who have not had that much time experiencing whatever the craft or the skill is that we're doing. And so eventually by starting with what we love, we can actually make our way all the way around that circle and begin to find ourselves in the center of that ikigai for, in that reason for being. But it begins with the expression of what you genuinely want to do and what you genuinely want to be spending your time with. So if you think to yourself, what's something that I can just spend hours on without even thinking about it where the time flies by, that is a great place to start, starting with what you love. I gave this example in another episode on integral livelihood, where I talked about this idea of Ikigai and I talked about the example of Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan's a great example because you know he loved basketball, but in the beginning, right? He, he didn't have what the team wanted. So he got cut from his high school basketball team and, but he still loved it. So he played and played and played and got better and better. And eventually he was good enough to be on that team. So he went on that team and then he continued getting better. And as he got better and better, right, there were schools out there, universities out there and different scouts and looking for what he had, right? So it was a need that was out there. So they wanted him to play on their team. So then he got these opportunities and then eventually he got so good and he was fulfilling these needs of winning all these games and leading teams to victory that he got signed as a professional basketball player and then he was making money. So eventually he's doing all of these things. And Michael Jordan wasn't just a basketball player, right? This man was an icon. He was a, a symbol of hope and inspiration and leadership for so many people. And what he did was so much more than basketball, but it is because he started with what he loved. So when you think about this idea of Ikigai and finding one's reason for being or finding one's purpose, a lot of the time the answer begins with you doing what you love and spending time on what you love. And then again, getting curious about that. How can I get better at this? Is there anyone else who's trying to get good at this? How, how can I help them? Or, and then again, you can open up an income stream if you're orienting that purpose around career. So the idea when it comes to purpose is what do I love? What do I feel satisfied with or fulfilled with when I've spent my time doing it? And how can I do more of that thing? And as you do more of that thing, then you can start asking the questions like, how can I get even better at this thing? Is there a market for, for whatever it is that I'm doing? And eventually you're, you're, you're able to find what it is that you're looking for. The other way that we can find purpose is when we think about the greatest pains in our life, right? The voids in our life. There's something that uh, John D. Martini would say where he said, your voids become your values. So like the greatest pains that we experience in our life end up becoming the things that we value and the things that we want to do, right? So when we have a deep sense of purpose for the work that we're doing, as an example, this is, is, this is something that can come up. So for myself, one of the reasons why I do what I do is because of the death of my mother when I was seven years old, right? That, that moment where essentially my world shattered and I was 
essentially a prisoner of my own mind with all these victim stories and all these unprocessed emotions and things that I carried with myself for so many years, just, it made me think to myself, how can I get rid of all this? How can I set myself free? How can I create a sense of personal freedom with myself so that all these emotions and all these thoughts are no longer plaguing me? So I don't feel like a victim or I don't feel like a prisoner of my own mind. And ultimately that led to me wanting to essentially change the way that I looked at myself. And as I changed the way that I looked at myself, I was able to start helping others change the way that they viewed they, themselves. And then as I did that more and more and more, I started to find the craft of coaching and I realized that that was a thing. And then I started to pursue it more and more and get as good as I possibly could at it. And for the first two years of my coaching career, I coached for free. I coached anybody who would listen to me, anybody who needed help. I would just go and do it because I loved it so much. And that allowed me to build a skill set to the point where then I could get paid for it. Then as I got paid for that, then I started to find different needs in the market. And as I was going through this entire thing with coaching, I realized that a lot of coaching out there is while very effective for certain things can also be very surface level. And so I started to find this need, this thing that the world needed. And I, I discovered this idea of emotional debt and emotional debt is essentially the accumulation of all of your unprocessed past negative emotions, your limiting beliefs about yourself, your inner conflicts, your incongruent values that you hold within yourself. In other words, everything that is getting in your way today, that is of the past, right? So if you think to yourself, if fear has ever gotten in the way of an opportunity in your present moment, or if anger has ever ruined a relationship in the present and the anger was something from the past that you haven't yet let go of, right? Or if you think to yourself, if you've ever procrastinated, or if you, if you have sadness or guilt from the past, that, that's not allowing you to be fully who you are. These are all signs of emotional debt. And so I found this need through the pursuit of what I loved. And as I did, I realized that there was a way of actually getting rid of this emotional debt. And I started learning and developing a skill set and developing a system that actually helps people to do so. And so I'm actually doing this event at the end of the summer. It's called the Quantum Liberation Experience. And it is an event where we will essentially help everybody who's there, all the participants, release all of their emotional debt, release their unprocessed negative emotions, their limiting decisions, their internal conflicts, where they feel like one part of them is pulling one way and one part of them is pulling the other. And it makes it really difficult to make decision. We're releasing all of that and creating this experience for people to have healing that is quick, that's effective, and that is actually lasting. And this is all something that I was able to find through that process of following what I loved. So if you're thinking about like, what is my purpose? Think about what do I love? Think about what, 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 what are my pains in the past? What are the things that I still feel emotions about that I can alchemize into something meaningful and constructive? So if you resonate with this and you want to come to this event or you're interested in finding out more, DM me the word liberation on Instagram at victor.zenstoic. So ultimately, this is how I would suggest finding purpose. Thinking to yourself, what do I love? What can I spend endless time doing without getting tired of it and still feeling totally fulfilled? You can also think about what are some pains in my life, some, some things that are unresolved that I could create something for and resolve them for others. So naturally, when you start to think about these things, when you start to think about what you love and what you start, when you start to think about how do I resolve a pain that is in my own life, how do I scratch my own itch essentially, then the next step from that is being able to put that into a container of goals. Now, as you start to ask yourself those questions, the next step 
to actually moving through and creating progress and development in that sense of purpose, in that thing that is pulling to you, the next thing would be to actually start setting some goals around it. And in the next episode, we're going to be talking about the dream, the path goal setting framework. Now, this is a goal setting framework that doesn't just help you achieve your goals, but it allows you to create goals that will create a sense of liberation and freedom within you. The reason being is because they actually dive into your deepest desires and help you uncover all of your limitations as you go through the process of doing those goals. So in the next episode, we're going to be going through the dream, the path goal setting framework. This is something that I teach to all of my students, all the coaches that I train and certify. I teach them this framework to use with their clients because it is one that is fully comprehensive and allows you to have total clarity on exactly what it is that you need to do, connects you with that sense of purpose, and then shows you the roadmap to get there. So I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.